Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Texas Double Running Talk Show. This is your host, Briston Rains, and today we have a very, very special guest. We have Ryan Miller. He is a 2016 and 2020 U.S. Olympic Trials qualifier. He's a 214 marathoner, a 103 half marathoner. He's a pretty fast guy, but before we go into the conversation and, and talk to him about everything, we do actually have some sponsors this time. I know last episode I said we had sponsors and I was like, oh, it's just us. But we do actually have a sponsor. It's Vitaflow IV Hydration and Health. They're located in Gainesville and Denton, Texas. Uh, basically what they do is they have IV hydration therapy. It's really good for recovery, health, everything like that. So make sure you guys check them out. And if you're in the Denton and Gainesville area and you do end up going, make sure you let them know I sent you. They'll be stoked about that. Um, and then as far as um, our company goes, we did get a sponsorship or part, actually it's a partnership with the running warehouse. And if you join the Texas Double Running Club, you'll get a huge discount uh, from the running warehouse um, using our discount code. So make sure you guys go check that out. Um, so now back to Ryan Miller. Ryan, how's everything going? Man, it's going good, Briston. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, that's awesome to hear that Texas Double Running is kind of picking up some sponsorships and partnerships and some huge growth there. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been a been a road. I, I've been doing it. Uh, like I said, this is probably the fourth, fifth week I've been doing it. So for the first four weeks, I didn't have anybody, but I've been reaching out to a lot of people and it's finally picking up some traction. Um, it actually grew, I think our account grew from zero to 1,000 followers in a month and a half on Instagram. So it's definitely Damn. definitely nice. picking up. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited. It's it's growing like crazy. But um, so so with your with your training and everything, because I've seen on Strava, you've been doing like 100 mile weeks, but you've just had a newborn son like a couple months ago. How are you having a, you know, caring for a son and then also training at 100 miles a week and everything else? How are you? <laughs> how are you doing all that? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been pretty crazy. I, this is my first first kid. So I had I went from just like a single just me and my wife. Um, here in San Antonio, Texas, to now like having another human to take care of, which is mind blowing. It's it's exciting. It's also really exhausting. Um, and I'll tell you that the first like month and a half, like that that first like six weeks, are brutal. Like we were, my wife and I were waking up like every two hours in the night with him. So I didn't sleep more than like an hour at a time for a few weeks straight, and totally exhausted. Um, I, I was like working my full-time job, doing my running, my coaching at the same time. So I knew I was like burning, I was burning the candle on both ends, like probably like six different ends as, as some might say. <laughs> um, and it was tough, man. But luckily last week I started paternity leave with my employer, which is USAA here in San Antonio. And I get 12 weeks of not having to go work my normal eight to five job. So you you saw that hundred mile week on Strava. I ran a hundred miles exactly last week, and that was my highest mileage week in a whole year. So not I haven't like strung together multiple hundred mile weeks or anything like that. Um, but now that I have the time, you know, I get forty hours of my week back during Monday through Friday. Um, it helps a ton. And then to answer your original question, how do I balance that with having a newborn? Um, luckily, I have a really really supportive wife who takes on a lot of the child, you know, raising responsibilities while I'm out taking care of my runs, my strength work, my coaching, all that stuff. So all the, all the kudos goes to my wife, Lacey for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely nice to have, you know, a wife around, you know, take care of the kids while you could train and do everything like that. Um, so like with, with having this new kid, um, how is it, what does, what does Dana life look like right now? 
Yeah, day in the life. Um, luckily, he's starting to sleep through the night. His name's Maverick. Uh, Maverick Miller, by the way. Yeah, I love. We love that name. And if anyone out there has seen Top Gun before, my wife and I had not seen Top Gun uh, before we decided to name him Maverick. Um, but we did watch it before he was born. So now we figure out why everybody thinks that's such a cool or crazy name. Yeah, it's uh, really it's really unique. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. But a day in the life. Let's see. Um, he sleeps from like 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. most days. So, and that just started happening where he'll, he may wake up once or twice in the night, but sometimes we get him sleeping 12 hours straight, which is amazing. During the day, I mean, somebody's always got to be with him, right? Whether like we're feeding him, changing his diaper, keeping him entertained, holding him, um, talking to him, uh, like somebody's always like on call basically. And so my wife probably takes that like eight hours of the day and I'm taking it like four hours. Um, and then she's getting up in the night to you know, feed him and stuff like th- that too. But uh, I think I gave you the full gist of uh, a day in the life uh, with Maverick. So we can move on to whatever else you want to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. So um, with you being a um, Olympic qualifier, you know, a lot of people in the running world are like crazy about diet and stuff. So like, what is your, what does your diet look like? Do you eat a bunch of pizza or do you eat like actually healthy food or, or how does that look like? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. Cause yeah, when you start, the more you run, right. You like diet becomes more and more important. But for me, I've taken on the philosophy since college, uh, that I am a garbage disposal and I will eat anything that comes inside of me. Literally, like, just give me food. Let me fuel up on whatever I want. And, like, most of the time, it's generally healthy. Like, I try and make generally the right decisions, eat as many vegetables and fruits um, and, like, clean carbs, like like rice, sweet potatoes, stuff like that as I can. But, shit, I think tonight my wife and I are going to have pizza. Um, we just went to Colorado last week, and we probably had burgers, like, five days out of the week. I mean, when you're, when you're super active, it's way more important to just make sure you're staying like generally just well-fueled with enough food. And like, if your body's active, it'll burn whatever you give it. Just don't eat like candy all day. Like, you know, something like that would kill you. Uh, but yeah, besides that, I mean, no, no specific diet uh, in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Like in, like in high school, I was super huge on diet. I would have to make sure, you know, everything's healthy, no sugars, you know, I, don't, I obviously don't drink any soda or anything like that, but I was super strict. And then all my friends that were faster than me, they were eating like all these types of junk food, like eating Skittles, going to, <laughs> going to a cross country meet like an hour before. And I was like mind blown by this. And then I came to college. Nobody, nobody ate healthy at all. We just ate whatever was in the cast. So like every day I've just been eating like pizza, you know, whatever it is. And you know, if you're running <laughs> like 70 miles a week or whatever, honestly, and you have a fast metabolism, I don't think it, think it hurts, but you know, I try to, you know, put some white rice in there every now and then and some grilled chicken and everything like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think it's important to have balance, right? Like eat some healthy stuff, eat whatever you crave too. If you want some freaking cookies, go eat some cookies, put some ice cream on top of it. Like your body craves it for a reason. Um, and it's because like, you need those extra calories. You need those carbs. So just like feed it what you want. But again, don't eat like dessert for every single meal. Like find, find balance. Like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, so, uh, okay. So have you always been like a super fast runner and like, have you always seen this path in sight or did you kind of have a rough start when you first started running? What is your, 
what did it kind of look like in the beginning for your for your running career? Yeah, man, it was it was a really interesting start to my running career. So I, as a lot of other runners, um, started out just really not liking it, <laughs> like in middle school and high and yeah. the beginning of high school. Yeah, you know, you've always played sports growing up: football, baseball, basketball, especially in Texas, like where we're from. Yeah, and like running is punishment, right? It's something that you don't want to do. You just want to get the ball in your hands, shoot hoops, hit the tennis ball, whatever it may, whatever your sport is. You don't want to like run for training. Um, and I really carried that mentality in high school. I eventually, after playing like every sport under the sun up through middle school, I decided to focus on soccer um, once I got to high school. And so, you know, I was playing JV and eventually varsity soccer going into my junior of high school. Um, but I was also running cross country in the fall just to stay fit because soccer in the in Texas is in the spring. So I wanted like another sport to do um, in the off season. And, um, I was on JV, my first couple cross country years, you know, I was like a top five guy. Um, I wasn't running anything insane. You know, I'd run like high 17 minute five Ks. Yep. I, I didn't break five minutes in the mile at all, you know, it, it, until I reached my junior of high school, wow. but then go, going into that junior year, I knew, okay, you know, my coach talked to me before it, uh, he told me, Hey, like Ryan, I think your junior year, like you were one of the top guys on JV last year. We expect you to make varsity this year. Like, so I want you to like train hard over the summer. So I went to, I like signed up for a summer running camp. I did everything they said. Um, I was doing what I thought were crazy long runs on the weekends, running like eight or nine miles, um, which pales <laughs> in comparison. Yeah. Now that's a, that's a short recovery day uh, in the life of a, a marathoner and preparing for the trail ultra scene. But back then, Crazy stuff blew my mind. And I improved a lot going into my junior. I ended up being like a top five guy on the team. I was still training with the soccer team and my club soccer team um, in the fall, but like I was also going to cross country practice, going to the meets. And it was really cool because my team, um, we won the first state championship in the history of our school um, that year in cross country. And I was the fifth man. What high school and did you go to? I went to Bernie Champion High School. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, down here near San Antonio. And yeah. it was, uh, honestly, that's when the switch flipped for me, where I saw like all my hard work that I put in over the summer and during that cross country season resulted in me being part of a state championship team. And I finished top 30 in the state after like not even making varsity. And not, I still hadn't broken five minutes in the mile at that point. And I was like, man, like this is awesome. I can work hard and like the results actually show versus soccer, like, I was going to be like a quasi bench warmer on the varsity team. And, you know, I, I saw that there were these kids that were just faster sprinters than me, more talented on the ball. And like, no matter how hard I worked, I couldn't catch up to them skills wise in soccer. There was a lot more, they had a lot more talent for it. And I saw with running, like no matter how talented or not talented you are, if you're willing to work hard and put in the consistent work, like you can make yourself into a great runner. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so after one stay, I, Honestly, I told my parents, I'm like, I love this sport. This is what I want to do. I want to do it in college. I quit my club soccer and high school soccer team and just went all in on running at that point. Um, and, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what your initial question is. You talk about like when I started out, but that's how I got to the point where like, hey, running is my thing. Um, and that was like 12 years ago now. It's been yeah. a while. So, so in high school, what did your senior year, what did your times end up being? 
Yeah, it was, it was a pretty amazing once, once I decided to focus singularly on running, just like anything in life, right? When you put like an intense focus on it and when you're first starting out, you're going to improve a ton. So I went from, I think I finished like 28th in the state as a junior in cross country. Um, and we were 4A back then. So the second biggest division in Texas, um, you know, mid 17, 5K kind of guy. Uh, by the end of my senior year, I ended up running 420 in the mile. Um, I finished ninth at state. And then my team, actually, we ended up winning Nike Cross Nationals um, in wow. 2009. And I, I, was our third, I was our third guy. So I finished like 80, 89th in the country. Um, that singers and it was, I mean, from JV, just like a year and a half before to like top 100 at Nike cross nationals on the winning team was awesome. And it just, it continued to solidify like, damn, like I'm working my butt off, but it's so worth it. Cause I'm seeing the results. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. That just goes to show for anybody out there, like even myself, you know, if you're not, you know, super talented at running. And if you just like put in the hard work, um, results will show. And I've seen that in my running. And I know a lot of people out there, you know, they first start running, they don't show, they don't see any results. But if you just stick with it and really focus on it and really just kind of go all into it, you will, you will absolutely see results. So that's definitely a good, a yeah. uh, good piece that you said right there for, you know, some people that might be unmotivated, unmotivated by, uh, by any of that. Um, so what, what after, after high school, what college did you end up going to? Yeah, I ran for Texas A&M University okay. uh, in college. Yeah, uh, which was you go ahead. <laughs> uh, so, did you get a scholarship? Did you walk on? Uh, what did that look like? I was a walk on. Um, I'd say I was a preferred walk on. So, like, I knew going in, they told me I had the times to like make the team, but I didn't have the times to get a scholarship. So, and it really came down to Texas A&M. And again, like I, you know, I finished ninth in the state, 420. So I was like decent in high school, but I wasn't like the rock star that Stanford's recruiting or University of Texas is offering a full ride or something like that. Um, so for me, it came down to uh, Rice University down in Houston, Texas A&M, UT in Austin, and UTSA in San Antonio. And man, Texas A&M when I went to visit the school compared to the others, it was like, I, I kind of liked the vibe of like being in the country a little more. Um, their track team had just won back to back national championships. So they were like the strongest track team in the country. And I had a guaranteed spot versus really UT wouldn't offered me a guaranteed spot. I'd have the opportunity to walk on, but they had a little bit higher standards for their distance runners coming in. So that's why I opted to go to A&M and I mean, they had a good engineering program, which is what I wanted to do academically. It kind of checked all the boxes for what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really awesome, man. I was actually going to go, um, I wanted to go to A&M, but I also wanted to run. So that's why I ended up coming to, um, Southern Arkansas university, but A&M is a super awesome school. And, um, they actually, their cross country team is really cool. I think they have a tradition of like shaving their heads or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So they, yeah, they, uh, it's, it's really interesting. I don't, I know it's changed a little bit since I had my head shaved in 2010, but, um, yeah, every year, the first team meeting, right? Like the, the seniors, the fifth year guys on the team, they send out a note to everybody. Um, to, they text everybody like, Hey, be at the locker room at 6 PM. And it's usually the night before the first practice and the seniors kind of lay out like the goals for the season, what, what the expectations are of everybody. And then when the freshmen least expect it, um, 
a bunch of a bunch of like juniors and sophomores walk in and they they're holding like chairs and they have buzzers in their hand and they tell the freshmen to like sit down in the chairs and all the seniors get to give the freshmen haircuts um and usually you know they'll give them a funny haircut to take some pictures and then shake completely shave their head it's it's a fun tradition as long as the freshmen are okay with losing all of their hair they've been growing yeah yeah that's yeah. a really cool tradition i feel like that'd just be really really fun if, if i was like a recruit going in that's something that i think would be like really cool and it's kind of like a you know something they do every year so that yeah, that's man. really unique yeah. so um after college did you just have like a crazy idea of like hey let's go for the olympics like what did that look like yeah man so throughout my time at AM, i went from you know, I went in as a walk-on um, and really bottom of the of the rung. Like I probably of all the freshmen, they'd all done better things than me in high school, won individual state championships. We even had, if you're familiar with the Ingebrigtsen brothers from Norway, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jakob Ingebrigtsen's killing it now. His older brother, Henrik, was in my recruiting class at Texas A&M. He, Henrik Ingebrigtsen ran for Texas A&M for just cross country before signing a Nike sponsorship and going back to Norway. Wow. So those are, and he, dude, he ran, he ran 339 for 1500 before. And when he was 17 years old, before coming to Texas A&M. So he was like a 356 miler in high school. Yeah. That family is insane. Yeah. They're, they're crazy. It was cool getting to know, getting to know him at least for like four months before he left. He was a really nice guy. But anyways, um, my time in Texas A&M, I started off kind of bottom of the ladder. By the time I left my fifth year, um, I was number five all time. Um, in the history of Texas A&M at 10,000 meters running 2951. Wow. And then I was like number six all time indoors for 5k at 1430. And I was, I ended up being the number one guy on our cross country team my fifth year. So it was pretty cool to rise from somebody nobody is expecting anything from as a walk on to like top guy on the team by the end. And that's what gave me the confidence to say like, look, just like in high school, like I put in the work, I worked my butt off for five years and look where it got me throughout college. Um, I wonder like what those next steps are after college. Like, can I qualify for the Olympic trials? Can I be good enough to take a shot at actually making the team? And, you know, of course I, I didn't know, but it was worth taking a shot. Right. I, I was already pretty close to that level with those times coming out of college, um, at least for making the Olympic trials. So I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to give it a shot. And I, I, in general, I loved running. I wasn't going to just walk away and never run again after college. I was like, I was at least going to go out and just run for fun by myself. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool, man. Um, so, uh, you went and it says, uh, 2016 and 2020, you did the Olympic trials. How was, how was the Olympic trials? I feel like that was like a surreal moment, you know, running for, for something like that. Yeah. Uh, really interesting story. I actually, so I graduated from Texas A&M in 2015 in the spring and the Olympic trials were like seven months later, uh, for 2016. So I didn't have much time to actually get prepared to like run a, a half marathon, hit the qualifying time and then run my first full marathon at the Olympic trials. But like everything else I I've talked about, like I put my nose to the grindstone. I worked my butt off while working a full-time job. My first half marathon went horribly. Um, I ran the San Jose rock and roll half marathon out in California. And I, I went out super hard with the leaders, like thinking like, if I just run with the leaders, I'm going to qualify for the trials. And I, I looked to my right, like three miles into the race. 
And I was running with Meb Kaflesky, which if you know who Meb is, um, Olympic silver medalist in the marathon for the United States. Oh, wow. Um, he won the Boston marathon in 2014. It's like just the year before he won Boston. And literally I'm running next to this guy who's leaps like miles ahead of me in terms of like his accomplishments and his running career. And I, I kind of crapped my pants. Honestly, I was like, Oh my God, I'm running next to Meb Kaflesky. This dude is like one of the best marathoners in the history of the United States. And so from there, my race went to crap. I like, I blew up horribly. But I learned a lot from that experience in the next half marathon I ran, which was like the last day to qualify for the Olympic trials. Um, I ran a four minute PR uh, to run 104.30 and qualify for the 2016 trials, which was awesome. Um, and I was like, you know, I was fitter than I'd ever been. Uh, but as we got closer to the trials, uh, which were in February, so it was like a month after I'd qualified. I had my tickets all booked for Los Angeles, which is where the race was. Uh, my flights, my hotels, had my race shoes, my gear picked out. I had the sweet Nike singlet and shorts I was going to wear. Uh, but I started having a pain in my stomach. And, you know, I thought it was just like, you know, food poisoning or something. This is like a week out from the race. And over the course of the, of the week, um, the pain in my stomach just started getting worse and worse. Like, you know, I was like guzzling Pepto-Bismol, just, down, just downing it. And it wasn't helping at all. And so it got to the point where the day before I was supposed to fly to Los Angeles for the Olympic trials, I called my parents. I asked them, like, what do I do here? They said, go to the emergency room. This is like insane. You feel like, I felt like someone was stabbing me in the stomach at this point. And so I went, I went and um, they ran some tests and they told me like they they had to take me into surgery immediately because my appendix was about to rupture. Wow. And so like, this is three days before the Olympic trials. And, uh, you know, I, I broke down in tears. I was, I was crying cause I, I worked my butt off and the Olympic trials only happens once every four years. It's, yeah. it's not a guarantee that, you know, I'll ever make it back to that level. And the doctor like tried to assure me, he's like, don't worry. Like we're taking the surgery, but there's no risk of you dying. You're going to be, okay. he thought I was like crying because I was going to, I thought I was going to die, which is, I didn't give a rip. I was like, I'll run with a burst of picnics. I don't care. They, they were taking away my opportunity to run at the Olympic trials. Um, but anyways, they took me into surgery. I watched the Olympic trials from a hospital bed in 2016. Man. Um, and I didn't even, I didn't get the opportunity to race. Man, that's, that's tough to hear. Um, yeah, like, like the other day I just got a little like running knee injury and I was like crying over like a little knee injury. I couldn't imagine for something like that, you know, the, the Olympic trials, not being able to go to that. That's, that's actually, that's really tough to hear. I bet, I bet 2020 though, you were absolutely stoked to go go and run tell us about 2020 heck yeah uh 2020 was amazing so uh, yeah over the next four years yeah i missed the trials with that appendectomy i came back strong um i continued putting my nose to the grindstone working really hard i still hadn't run a marathon even like qualified for the (laughs) olympic marathon trials um so finally in 2017 yeah i took my first stab at the marathon i missed qualifying for the olympic marathon trials for 2020 by 17 seconds my first shot at the marathon so i ran 219 17 which is like you know 520 a mile to put it into perspective um but you know i thought that was a good start um i six months later i ran the california international marathon out in sacramento and i ran 214 27 which was you know that's almost a five minute improvement from six months before which i was definitely fitter but it was also just 
experience of running the marathon, how to handle yourself physically and mentally leading into it. And that qualified me for 2020. Um, and then I also, you know, leading up to the trials at the Houston marathon, I ran a half marathon PR of 103.45. So my fitness continued to build as I continued to work hard into my mid and late twenties. Um, yeah. And then the 2020 trials in Atlanta this past, uh, February, it's pretty surreal looking back on it now. Uh, you know, cause everything that's happened with the pandemic yeah. and all sports being canceled, this was like the, like, this was like two weeks before shit went down. Um, the, you know, two weeks before the NBA shut down and all the sports, you know, the NCAA indoor track and field championships got canceled right yeah. before that. So I was like, I was I, looking back, we're really lucky to get our shot to actually run a big race like that. But I, you know, I was seated 50th going in top three, make the Olympic team. Uh, which honestly, if you told me in high school that I would be the 50th ranked a marathoner in the United States heading into the Olympic trials as like, a, you know, a top number three varsity guy on my team, I'd be like BS. Like, how am I going to be that good on a national level? Yeah. But made it um, eventually. I, I ran with the leaders as long as I could. My body started to fail me around like mile 16. I dropped off from the lead pack. So my Olympic dreams were kind of dashed there. And then I started getting some really, really, I've never had this happen before. Some really bad hamstring cramps. Mm. Um, I guess cause I, you know, I just really went all out at the beginning to try and stay with the leaders to, cause the whole goal of going there is to make the Olympic team. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going here to like, just run a super conservative race in the back and finish a hundred. Um, it didn't work out. Hamstrings cramped up really bad. I fell over on the side of the road at mile 21 and couldn't oh, keep wow. going. So I, I ended up, I was a DNF at the trials. Which, you know, I, I had a great experience. I loved the experience of being there. I was on the starting line. I was in the race. My family was there. But it still stings a little bit. I still haven't crossed the finish line at the Olympic trials. I've qualified twice, which means I guess I got to go back a third time. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 2024. <laughs> yeah, that's that, it, man. That's a crazy story. I think I, I think I was on Strava, and I think I saw you post, and I saw it said mile 21, and it had like a crazy pace, and I was like, I was like, I thought a marathon was 26 miles. Why is this only 21? <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's crazy. I had no idea, you know, any of that happened. You said, um, you talked about earlier, you brought up uh, trail running. Is that something you're looking to get into? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So after the Olympic trials, um, this, this go around for 2020, I really sat back, you know, I'm 28 years old now. Um, I got a kid. I had a kid on the way then. Now I actually have a kid. Um, I really wanted to make a decision on like to pursue something that kept me excited to get out the door every day. Cause I think that's super important. If you're not happy doing what you're doing, if you're not excited to lace up the shoes every day, then you got to sit back and reevaluate. Why are you doing this? And I'm, it's specifically about running, right? Like if you don't like what you're doing, figure out a way to change it or do something else that does excite you. And so I wanted to figure that out for myself with running and I've always been kind of enamored with like the ultra trail running scene, you know, doing 50 yep. K up to hundred milers. Um, yeah. Obviously I read the book born to run like a lot yep. of people probably have read and watched all the interviews with Jim Walmsley and Scott Jurek, all these amazing ultra marathoners. I'm like, man, that I want to give myself a chance to do that someday and maybe see how good I could be in that arena. Um, just like I've done with, you know, high school running the mile all the way up to the marathon um, now. And so the Olympic trials qualifying period doesn't open up for like a year and a half for 2024. So what better time to like go explore 
the trails and the ultra scene, then, you know, the time between when the next Olympic trials qualifying period opens up. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, that I'm kind of, I'm kind of the same way. Like trail running is something that's like true to my heart. That's why I love cross country so much more than track because track you're running around a boring mm-hmm. oval and you know, cross country you're, you're exploring, you're running around, you're running on grass, kind of the natural way. And, um, yeah, trail running's, trail running's definitely really cool. It's about to get a lot more competitive because a lot of people are starting to transition over to trail running, especially with the quarantine. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people found trails and trail running and everything <laughs> like that. So, um, it'll be yeah. definitely be interesting to see. Do you have, uh, Western States in mind? Yeah, Brisson, I, the goal, I, I want to qualify for Western States. It's really hard to get into. So there's, they have these quote unquote golden ticket races where if you finish top two at these qualifying races, then you get a golden ticket, kind of like Willy Wonka to go run Western States. Yeah. So right now I'm signed up for the Bandera hundred K which I actually, the Bandera 100K is like in San Antonio and I live in San Antonio. So I can go oh. train on the course, run it. Yeah. Hopefully I'll be able to run the course with my eyes closed, um, figuratively speaking, on race day. Uh, but that's the goal, man. Uh, get to Western States, run against the best in the US um, and even in the world and see what, you know, what the possibility is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see what you do. Like I'm all over the ultra and trail running scene. So I'm excited to see, you know, what you'll be able to do out there. And uh, when I see you cross, you know, first, the first place finish line at Western States, I'll be like, Hey, I got to talk to that guy. <laughs> so yeah, I'm definitely, definitely excited to see how you do and everything like that. But um, yeah, like I think it's about, um, about time we wrap up the podcast. Uh, I just want to thank you again for uh, coming on the show and, you know, spending time with me and uh, just telling everybody about your running career and everything like that. Um, and for those of you listening out there, uh, we're about to bring out some apparel. Um, when I say apparel, it's not apparel with like just my logo on it. It's going to be actual running apparel that actually looks nice. Kind of like, um, you know, North face or I'm trying to create the Supreme of, uh, running apparel. So make sure you guys go check that out. Um, I'll be posting more on Instagram. So make sure you follow us on Instagram at Texas double running. Um, and our podcast or our talk show will be every Saturday. Uh, next Saturday, we're going to have another big guy on. Um, I'll be posting more about that on Instagram. Uh, but thanks all you for listening and I'll see y'all next Saturday.